0: Welcome to the New Kind of Man podcast, where we are growing stronger and more capable men. We believe that every man can be a good man, and we are here to help men on their journey to become new men. These men will become better at leading themselves and better at leading in their homes and workplaces. Paul the Apostle gave the command to put on the new man. On this podcast, I interview people who've become new men relationally, physically, spiritually or intellectually. This happens through their stories of stretching, grit and determination. We want the good, the bad and the ugly so we all can become better men. So let's get after it. Welcome to the New Kind of Man podcast. This is episode 24 and in this episode, I talked to John Eldritch. You most likely know the name John Eldritch because he wrote the book Wild at Heart, and that is one that a lot of people have read, and they also suggest that other men read. He wrote a book very recently called Get Your Life Back. And in this episode, we talk about the effects that social media is having on us and how to recover your life and not have it go down the, the drain of the tech Driven world that we live in. So, we're going to get to that conversation that's actually a little shorter than usual. But first, I want to tell you what's happening in the next couple of weeks. Next week, I'm actually releasing two episodes. One of those was a conversation I had with Chris Sinog. He is, or he was, a U.S. Navy SEAL and a Navy SEAL sniper. He was a very high level sniper, as a matter of fact, helped write the manual for the Navy SEAL Sniper School. And we had a great conversation talking about masculinity and manhood. And we don't really talk a whole lot about guns, actually. Just a lot of other good topics that will pertain to you, just like they pertain to me. And also next week, I release a conversation I had with Scott Flansbaum. He was a Marine, got out of the Marines, and actually had a little bit of tragedy or a lot of tragedy in his life. And we're going to talk about his story of overcoming. So I simply brought him on to encourage us. To keep going when life gets hard. And he was dealt with something that's very difficult. He's still in the middle of this. And we talk about it, but he's so positive and he's so upbeat. You can actually follow along on his journey on Unbreakable Journey on Instagram. And that conversation again releases next week. It is going to be a fantastic week around uh, the new kind of man podcast. I'm actually. Going to be recording another conversation with Jarrett Samuels for his podcast called "The Pursuit of Manliness." You can check that out here sometime soon, and you can get caught up on everything that's happening with his work as well. Well, today we have the privilege of bringing on someone who has been a mentor of mine, although we have only met face to face actually one time in Florida, but. This is John Eldridge, is who I'm speaking of, and I have been shaped by his work and by his ministry, so I just want to give you a warm welcome, John.
1: Yeah, thanks, Chad. Great to get a chance to talk to you today.
0: Yep, the honor is all mine. So we're eventually going to talk about your new book, which I have found to be really, really helpful, and one of the things that I loved about Get Your Life Back is is just how connected it is uh, really with some things that I've been learning. I have personally, and, and the guys that I'm around, uh, have read some of Foster's work and Pete Scazzaro's work uh, and also Dallas Willard's work. And I was just waiting for you to write this book to men to help us and to bring in some of the the elements of nature and drinking and beauty like you talk about in the book. But before we get into all that, I just wanted to, kind of tease it up with this statement that I found on page 161 of your book, and this is what you wrote. The search this book is dedicated to is for more of God in our lives as a growing operational reality. There are few critical things to believe in order to make this search go well. First off, we must be confident that God wants to give us more of himself. Amen to that. More of Himself. So." when we get into the book, just know that this is ultimately all the practices that John talks about in this book are to get more of God himself. They're not just some ethereal practices. They are rooted in good scriptural and spiritual belief of being able to connect with God. Well, John, I know that you have you have written many, many books. I don't even know how many books that, that you have written. I know that I'm sitting next to, or sitting next to me rather is several of those, and of course you wrote Wild at Heart, and that was the one that really just set my heart on fire for uh, healing and pointing out wounds, so I just want to say thank you for just <laughs> from thousands of miles away what uh, what has been, uh, what has transpired in my life through your work.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, I'm just so filled with joy to know that, Chad. Mm. That's, that's awesome.
0: And I know you've written a bunch of other books too and 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 all of that, but I was just kind of curious and just kind of thinking about this and just to pique my interest and uh, But I was just wondering, what does the writing process look like for
1: you? You know, um I think I got cured of some things as a young man in ministry i I worked in a local church in my twenties, and then I worked for a really big Christian organization, and I saw a lot. I saw a lot of at least American evangelicalism and one of the things that I really took away from those years was <clears throat> don't don't talk about anything you haven't lived yourself. Mm-hmm. Everybody everybody's got a theory, everybody's got an idea, everybody kind of wants the new and the wow and the latest and but if you haven't lived it, you really don't have the spiritual integrity or authority to talk about it and so all of my books come out of what God's teaching me all of them come out of uh, like Wild at Heart you know that was a personal journey Um, and that I needed that I needed that book personally and so I went and chased it and then found that it was real and shared it Um, so it's been like that whether it was you know learning to hear the voice of God with walking with God you know like do that for several years and then talk about it, hmm. you know. Or <clears throat> um, and then with Get Your Life Back, it's very much like that too. I actually didn't intend to write this book. This wasn't like the next one on the list. Um, I needed it. I, I just got fried uh, yeah. in the world out there and spun up, and I was doing what everybody's doing, which is trying to keep up, right. you know, more and more, faster and faster. So. My actual process looks like this. There's three stages. I'll keep a journal for a while, the writing journal with me, kind of carry it around with me, and I'll steal quotes and songs and things that just strike me. Somebody will say something and I'll go, oh, that's really good. And I'll, Mm. you know, write it down. And so I remember it. And I take a lot of notes, listen to God, notice my, I notice the, um, notice the movements of my own soul, Mm. Uh, that's where most of it takes place. Because George McDonald said, "There's, there's uh, not anything that takes place in the human heart that isn't in some way universal to every human heart." Mm-hmm. And so, whether that's joy or sorrow or struggle or anything. So, second phase, I'll actually begin to lay a book out, and I've got a big. Uh, well, you can see this corkboard behind mm-hmm. me that you get to see my office. Um, I'll I'll just start t- tacking things up all over it, right, and just how do these ideas, I'm looking for structure. I'm looking for, you know, kind of like an artist would like, what's the, what's the flow here? What's the landscape? How's this go? And so phase two, I'll kind of, I'll kind of look at uh, how how does this flow? And then phase three, I'll start writing. And, Mm. and I, I don't even start, I don't chart with, you know, chapter one, page one, like, um, I'll write with what I'm passionate about that day. And so I might ch- start with chapter four and just go, this is where I'm at right now. This is what, you know, um, and kind of build the book like that. So that's, that's kind of how it goes. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting approach. I, could see, I, I can see that, you know, from a reader's perspective, when I've read your books, that there's authenticity there and i've and i and i do not know how it is to be an author of the pressure from the publisher to hey this is the next book and this is a three book deal i don't know i don't really care about all of the ins and outs of that none of that translates uh, in my opinion none of that translates from from your work so good it's uh, and especially this book this book you know the the word that comes to mind with this book when i was reading it is urgency in and, yes. and it's i could just sense an urgency that the way that you wrote mm. and And probably because the topic is, you know, it it addresses my life, but also just where we are in this cultural moment.
2: So yeah.
1: Yeah. The crazy thing is, Chad, like I wrote this book before the pandemic and and life was, life was hard and then this hit, (sighs) right? And now people are super hard pressed, like. And it's just good to just name that right now. Like, this is a super stressful moment for the human soul. Like, people weren't meant to be locked up. People weren't Mm -hmm. weren't meant to not be able to touch each other. People weren't meant to be disconnected. Mm -hmm. You know, we've lost our normal. And, And, you know, people find a normal because it's what helps your soul be well, right? So, you know, whether your normal was getting together with your buds on Thursday nights or your normal included church on Sundays or how all that, you know, you find a normal and, and all that's been taken away. Uh, And I think that, I think the practices in this book are um, Jesus knew what was coming,
2: Hmm.
1: right? He knew what was coming and he prepared this and a lot of other good things, uh, I think, to help, to help folks through it.
0: But what I, I found comforting is, you know, going from wild and heart and you know, Father by God was very instrumental in my story and other people's stories that I've I've interacted with. It's just really spoke a language of the masculine heart. And now I get into and read this book and I'm thinking, okay, so John struggles with John's real too. He he's just a, he's a dude like the rest of us. He's trying to figure it out in this walk with God in a commercialist a world. You know, it's just with everything going on. So so ultimately, you pointed to the reason why you wrote the book is because of what was happening in you. let speak more about that.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> well, here was the wake-up call. Like, I'd seen a bunch of signs, but um, Stace and I raised three boys. They're young men now. They're starting their families. So we've got little tiny ones, little grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And, Chad, I, I noticed that I couldn't play with them for more than, like, five minutes. Before I wanted to check my phone mm. and I wanted to check my email and I wanted to look at the news and kind of, and this is before the pandemic okay mm. uh, and I'm like wow John you are really jacked up that you mm. can't play with your grandkids because you're so plugged in and and I'm one of those guys I like I love to get stuff done I love I'm a hill taker I'm a charger i I love to conquer and win and go and you know mm-hmm. and, and, and I just got addicted to the pace of it the insane pace of life mm-hmm. and uh and then I just yeah I just started noticing these symptoms like um wasn't riding my mountain bike anymore what's with that and and wasn't reading actually I love to read um I wasn't you know I could start books but I couldn't finish them and there was just this distracting distraction that had gotten into my head and into my soul, and then I was just I was just cooked. I'd get home at the end of the day, so um, fried, hmm. just empty, tired, exhausted, but also kind of like cooked by the day. <laughs> I was just cooked, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it, um, so I set out to change it.
0: Is this something that Stacy could also see in you?
1: Totally, totally, and was happening to her too because mm. she's an author. We run a ministry together. She's going hard. Um, in fact, she was going so hard last year, she took a sabbatical uh, because she was she was just exhausted. You know, women's ministry, as you know, in the church. I mean, it's yeah, it's exhausting. And and it's there's a lot more demand to it. Um, And I say this with all love and respect, but women, frankly, are more complicated. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, she she also is experiencing the craziness of just living in a world that's always on go. Yeah, it's always on go. Everybody's always on go. Yeah. And I,
0: I think that that's, that's true to form. I mean, you know, when it comes to, to ladies, ladies ministry, there is, you know, with them, they can't disconnect as easily for a guy. If a guy has a guy's event or something like that, he can just compartmentalize and Hey, I'm moving on. And with ladies, and I think it's a great benefit of, of the feminine soul is that connectivity. And I think that there's, there's a part of that, that we need more of. And, uh, but yet it does get us in trouble we can compartmentalize and then shut everyone out and they can be so interconnected that they that they don't have time and space for themselves they're too busy taking on the burdens of of other ladies so i definitely understand that well in the day and age that we live in you know we live in social media you know it's just a social media driven world and there's no way that we can escape that especially now with all of the stuff that's happening with uh, the pandemic. And now it's just driving people even more so into their phones. So uh, before even all of this, because I don't want to get too into the weeds about what what this pandemic could do, because I think the the practices of get your life back will help us. If we would simply do them, even right now, I think it'd be very beneficial. But speaking of social media, what other things have you seen that, uh, that whatever other effects has social media had on the human soul?
1: Well, <clears throat> so I I've been a uh, therapist for thirty years, and <clears throat> looking at the research, um, there is a direct correlation between your use of social media and the rising rates in America of anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Like a direct correlation, tons of research on this now. Uh, direct correlation to envy, um, rising envy in the culture and in people's souls so it's actually pretty brutal um and i believe in it by the way i'm not a luddite i don't think everybody ought to just go live in the woods you know right now people are people are being saved by the chance to just see somebody else's face online yes right and and say hello and connect and share a picture of your dog and you know a a, a funny video or something that's Mm -hmm. all good that's all good but Here's the thing, Um, so let me try and give like a big picture thing, because this is what really helped me. The war has always been for our attention. The war is for what grabs your attention. And I was talking about being super distracted, because the Internet and the way that we consume information with our smartphones is literally rewiring our brains. Um, the brain science is fascinating. The brain is a super malleable thing. They used to think it was like set in childhood, but your brain is very malleable and it, and it can be rewired. Um, And so the last 20 years has basically taught everyone not to have an attention span. (laughs) Like we go quick and it's, it's the swipe, the like, the scroll, the feed, you know, boom, 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 the text, the, the emoji, right? The, <clears throat> so this is what was happening to me. And I I love my attention. Like, I love focus. I love clarity. I love, like, digging into things. Um, and I got Nicholas Carr's book, The Shallows, What the Internet's Doing to Our Brains. And he describes my personal experience of, like, wait a second, I used to be a very thoughtful person. And now I'm a really distracted guy. And Mm -hmm. so here's the big picture. The big picture is the war for our attention. And Psalm 1 is that gorgeous picture of people who are so planted in God. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: They're evergreen. They describe their trees whose leaves never wither. And I just love that. They're like, wow, these people are so rooted. And then they contrast them with people who are like chaff. They're just so shallow and lightweight. You know, just the next thing blows them away. And and the whole thing is about your attention. The trees by the river, Psalm 1 says, they are able to give God their attention. And so like even in this hour, I would just say to people like, Yes, connect. Yes, use Zoom. You know, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. Not a ton. Like you got to regulate it, and and you got to pull out and do real things and be a real human being, not just a digital human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it it's literally actually affecting your brain, and it's affecting your ability to give God your attention.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I could definitely see that, and I could definitely see even in my own life, whenever I've been operating at a really fast pace or something like that, or just operating always on go, because I, I tend to be the type of guy that you just characterized earlier, always on go. What's the next thing? Okay. Productivity. Let's just, let's crunch this out. You know, I'm, I have a checklist. I'm like, let's get these things checked off the list. Let's get it done. And what I can what I can verify with my own life is man, that is such a trap because I can be so inundated with that mentality that even in the times where I should be in my living room, just engaging with my family, you know, or maybe you're watching a television show instead of a commercial. I mean, who watches commercials anymore, right? Like you pick up your phones, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to check my email. I'm going to go through Instagram. I'm going to go look at Facebook. I'm going to look at Twitter. I'm, you know, it's just, oh, Oh, okay. Now we're back. There was no action. Now the TV shows back instead of those times I mean, whenever I was a kid, those were the times where we actually connected, even as a family, in the middle of a show and just kind of talking about it, um, just in normal everyday life. And that seems like a petty example, but I but I, I wanted to give that example just because I think even in that example, you see what your message that your message is consistent.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, what you're describing is we don't know what to do with downtime anymore. Yes. You just watch people in lines.
0: <clears throat> Everybody yes.
1: pulls their phone out. If, they're, if your plane's delayed, if there's a line at the market, everybody's on their phone. Yes. It's like we literally don't know what to do with just chill time anymore. Mm-hmm. And and chill is actually really important to the human soul. You know, the Hebrew word for Sabbath is Shabbat. Mm-hmm. And the word, it actually means to stop. Yep. just stop just knock it off for a while right <laughs> like just stop doing anything just be a human being goof off downtime chill time mm-hmm. you're you're describing we can't even do that during commercial breaks like right. you know uh I, yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty messed up
0: the uh you know the the challenge i think that we run into also is one of the things that you point to and I would like for you to elaborate more on is the pause, whether it's a one minute, three minute or 10 minute, which your app is really, really good. But even in that, it's like we've gotten, you know, it's, it's really sad. It's really an indictment on where we are as a culture, I think, because when I downloaded the app and I have it prompt, it prompts at 10 o'clock and two o'clock. And so when the app goes off, how, how, I mean how silly it is is it for us as a culture that pausing for one minute is difficult right one minute (laughs) it's like i literally have to buy into one minute where i'm not going to do anything other than just sit and breathe and observe the presence of god
1: yeah yeah okay i built the app and when the alarm goes off i'm irritated at it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, you're going to make me stop. Right. I'm going. And, and now I got to pause. Like, right. Okay. This is, it's, but it's so healing. It's so healing. And it this is, is actually kind of where the story begins. Um, So you got to live it before you write it. You got it. You, you got to prove it before you teach it. And so yeah. I get home at the end of the day and pull in the driveway, turn the engine off in my truck. And Jesus would say, now, now just sit here for a second. Like, don't get out, just sit here. And I could literally feel the stress, like leaving my body. Wow. I would just sit there. Sometimes I'd lay my head down on the steering wheel, you know, and then the spontaneous prayer was so good. I would just start like Jesus, that phone call, that meeting I just walked out of, I give that to you. Hmm. I, I can't carry that that person's trauma, I just heard, like, I can't, I can't carry that God. And I would just start like giving it over. And I would, I would walk into the house, a different person, Hmm. right in a simple pause. And so that's where I'm like, Oh, this is good. Like, Mm -hmm. I need more of this. And, and so the idea is, build some pauses into your day, folks, like, Mm -hmm. learn to stop, and learn to let it go, learn, learn to just breathe, and not carry everything, and um, it's so nourishing, it's just, it's wonderful, that, that's the cool thing, most of the stuff I recommend in this book, it's almost immediate gratification, like, this, it's not like taking vitamins, and, you know, some, two months from now, you recognize, hey, I think I'm feeling better, you know, this stuff, it's like, holy cow, I, I start feeling better right away.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You talk about two words that I've never heard joined together, benevolent detachment. And talk about that. Talk about how that benevolent detachment, what that is, kind of describe that, tee that up for us. So the men that are listening will be able to heed that advice and then uh, apply it.
2: Accordingly.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I'll tee it up with a pretty disturbing uh, study that was done. So after 9/11, uh, they discovered that people who watched the twin towers go down on television suffered the same PTSD as the people who were there. Wow! Like, yeah, yeah, because the human brain doesn't know how to differentiate some of this, and so you are exposed, gang, to way too much that mm. the human soul was never meant to know about the drama, the trauma, the heartache, the news in every single city in the world. Like you just weren't meant, you're not wired for that. Like only God can do that. But the problem is because of the smartphone and and because of technology, like you are instantly aware of the earthquake in Turkey, the latest bombings in Syria, the fires in Australia, you know, it's just boom, 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 boom. Um, and then you throw into it two things, you throw into it the pandemic, and a coming election season and you're going to get hammered with way more information than than you should know mm-hmm. and, and so what do you do well you got to learn to let it go and, and and benevolent detachment is i'm not doing it because i'm pissed i'm not doing it because i'm checked out it's kindness it's benevolent it's with it's with a good heart i release this mm. I, i'm not i'm not giving the world the finger and benevolent meaning something done in kindness, but detachment, because this stuff just grabs you like Velcro, Mm -hmm. you know? And so this morning, Stacy violated one of our, one of our morning rules is this. Do not, do not, do not check your phone first thing. Mm. Like let yourself be a human being, make a cup of coffee, Look out the window, say some prayers. Like, Mm -hmm. have a moment for heaven's sakes before you are in the matrix, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, but she didn't. And Mm -hmm. and here's what happened. Like, this is what everybody does. We get up, we look at our phone, and it and there was all this stuff about the pandemic and the, you know, the new restrictions and the and she was tanked. Like it just tanked her. Um and and so benevolent detachment, like guys. You actually get to get out of the madness. Uh, Mm. I think, Chad, I think what happened was this. I think caring Christians, good people, got hooked into this idea that to be a responsible human being, you know about everything. Yeah. So you're up to date Mm. on the president's latest thing, and you're up to date on human trafficking, and you're up to date on what the economy is going to do, right? it just feels like that's what a responsible person does and i'm here to tell you as a therapist that is madness that's insanity you what like who told you that that's crazy Mm -hmm. so a couple times my day i just stop and i just say jesus i give everyone and everything to you i get off a tough meeting jesus I give everything and everyone to you. My kids are doing something I don't think they ought to do. Jesus, I give everyone and everything to you. Like learning an actual practice of letting it go, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, like again, your body will right away. I just feel better. I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe how much I was carrying. Like, and mm-hmm. in, in in the you know, for us productive people, the brain research is if you will stop and do this a couple times a day. It actually uh, gives you an upgrade in your focus. Hmm, wow! You come out of it a more focused person.
0: Interesting. That's really interesting. And uh, so that's not that's not a license, guys. If you're listening, that's not a license to just go harder and harder and harder. No, no. The, the key is you <laughs> pause, and then you have the focus that you need. You know, at, in those moments, yeah. you this book kind of hinted around something that that I wanted us to talk about too, and it's meditation. I think that, this is my opinion, but I think that meditation, as far as evangelical Christians, I think that it's gotten a bad rap for a long time and we've just given that over to, you know, well, that's just new agey or that's just Eastern or that's just something else. And then, and now there's, of course, another upheaval of stoicism, which is all about what they call meditation. And now it's like Christianity. It's like, because the people that I mentioned earlier, I think they're a big, uh, big bump into this too. When you talk about Ortberg and Willard and and authors like that, now they're talking about meditation, but what's your perspective on meditation and how can Christians recover that for the glory of
1: God? so it's the war on your attention again, okay? The war is for your attention. Are you able to give God your attention for more than a quick moment, all right? <clears throat> and, and, or, and I would say God and the graces he's bringing you. So just to enjoy beauty for a moment, to enjoy a worship song for a moment, like Meditation is your ability to linger with God in anything, okay? So Psalm 1, blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the word of God. Mm -hmm. And on his word, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water yielding its fruit in season, leaf never withers, everything he does prospers. Mm. That, that the guy is the, it's flourishing because he is in command of his attention.
2: Mm.
1: And, and, and in the war for attention, I just want to say, like, world, you can't take my attention hostage anymore. I'm going to choose when I engage, and I'm going to choose to disengage and I want to be able to just sit. I'll be able to sit on my porch and just be aware of God. That's meditation.
0: Hmm. Well said. Well said. One of the things that you talk about in the book and you kind of juxtapose these two ideas uh, of Relief and restoration. <laughs> yeah. What are they? And we're uh, we're, and we're all around it right now. So I'm like, because yeah, like finished. the pause, benevolent detachment, meditation, it's like, what are we gaining by this? What is so so how would you define those two terms?
1: Yeah. uh this is this will be really helpful for the guys listening. Just compare, like pick pick something you love to do. Going for a run, shooting some hoops, you know, what what is it? Like getting out on your bike. Think about how you feel when you're done with that compared to how you feel after binge watching three hours of Netflix. <laughs> like you feel like crap. You know, It's not like, that hard to imagine
0: really. No, it's like not. You, everybody does
1: it. Yeah, right. everybody does it. <clears throat> so here's the deal. Relief, relief is the quick, uh, it's the bag of donuts. It's too mm. much to drink, right? Relief, Relief is something that gives you an immediate comfort, but afterwards you you don't feel great. Mm. Restoration is the thing that you go do that afterwards you feel so much better. Mm. And and in this moment in the pandemic, so let's just like this is very stressful, super stressful for human beings. I can feel the stress every day of this. Mm. And yesterday it was. I'm in Colorado, yes, two days ago it was 70 and it was awesome. Yesterday it was snowing and it was 15. Wow. But I know that if I don't, I spent the entire day on Zoom calls and I was fried. I was just completely cooked. I knew I have got to grab the dog and I've got to go. And it was, I went out in a blizzard (laughs) and I took my walk anyway, you know, and it was wonderful. Like nature heals, beauty heals, like that is restoration versus what I wanted to do was just go, you know, pound a couple of beers and, and eat a ton of chocolate. Right. And yeah. So in this moment, everybody, just be aware what you're reaching for is probably relief. Mm-hmm. And what we need to begin to do is just set up some restoration every day. Like, where are you getting restored?
0: Yeah, back to that Psalm one reference. You know, planted by streams of water, just the restoration. Exactly. And one yes. of the obviously in if anyone has read any of your your work and even the even the book that you and your bride wrote captivating, people would know that you're a man of the outdoors or even just now that you went outside, you knew you needed to get outside, go for a walk. In the middle of a blizzard, I don't know if I would have done that. But if I was in that, if I was fried like that from being on Zoom calls, maybe right? Like, yeah, de- I'm desperate. <laughs> but you know, with with all of that, what benefit is what benefit does the outdoors play in all this?
1: Yeah. So we could come at it from two angles. We could go to Scripture and like look at Psalm 23 and say, mm-hmm. how does God restore David's soul? Mm-hmm. And the answer is outdoors, mm-hmm. right? Streams, meadows, nature. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you could also just go to research data. The fascinating thing, people in hospitals recover faster, need less pain medication, they're released sooner if they just have a window looking on nature.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that's amazing. Nature heals. Like the mm-hmm. human, God wired us, you know, we're made for creation. Mm-hmm. And not for the mall, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I, I can watch too much March Madness. I can, you know, I, I, I do all that, but when I want to be restored, it it's, it's what nature does. 20 minute walk in the woods lowers your cortisol levels, Research mm-hmm. shows like it's super healing for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to say for men in particular, men are shaped by real things. Mm-hmm. Like working in the shop, you know, going down to the batting cage and just just whacking some balls. Like men are shaped by real things. And the more and more and more that our world is digitized and we're spending all this time on screens, the more you need nature, the more you need reality, the mm-hmm. more you need to get out there. Right. And like a friend of mine, this is nuts. A friend of mine lives in LA. They closed the ocean what like how do you close the ocean for (laughs) heaven's sakes that's like so and i understand there's like you know 45 million people or whatever and so you know too many people on the beaches i get it but but that would be the one thing that would rescue everyone right now is to go for a swim yes right that would be so renewing Mm -hmm. healing so um yeah Technology versus the outdoors, guys. Reduce one and increase the other. Amen.
0: You know it's interesting. You make that reference to California, and I'm not even going to take the bait of of California doing something like that, right? It's just (laughs) low hanging fruit. It's too easy. (laughs) Not going to do that. (laughs) But you know, conversations that we've, I'm, uh, I reside in Georgia, and of course we have a beach also. You know, all the whole eastern uh, shoreline, you know, of Georgia is, is beach. So, probably not nice, not as nice as LA, but or parts of California, but nonetheless, it's a beach. And so, I've had just kind of conversation recently. People are kind of like wondering okay, why are the state parks open, which they are in this state? And also, you know, they're saying the beach is open. And so they're like, why is this open when everything else is supposed to be quarantine? And you know, they, everything, it's like, you know, it's just is this essential? And everybody's like, I just don't get it. And I and what I've said to them is I said, no, it is. I said, you're actually, if people are cooped up in their houses, stuck to a phone, because of everything that we said at the onset of of this conversation and because of what the research shows that you dig into, into your book. We need these experiences outside. We need a trail. We need yep. trees. We need a swamp. We need a waterway. The lakes are open. You know, we need we gotta get in kayaks and canoes, and people will, you know, just breathe deeply into the outdoors because of the nourishing effect. And in the conversations that I had it was interesting. Once I started talking about it, they were like, Oh, that actually makes sense. I'm like, we're we're creatures, it, the, the way that God has made us is to be able to need beauty and nature and the outdoors because yep. of our spiritual and emotional state. Yep. And so I'm hoping people will will read this book and that they read it quickly because this has so much to benefit us even right now in the stage that we're in and just the time period in history. I mean, this is going to be written in my grandkids, your grandkids' history books of like yep. this time period. It's remarkable. Yep. <clears throat>
1: Ampon, tell me about the pandemic. Right. Wow. Yeah. What was wow. that like? Right? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, wow. Well, and, here, and here's the, okay, so here's the question to your listeners. What's the story you want to tell? Yeah. Y- you want to say it was horrible. I, I, I really suffered mm-hmm. from mental collapse. Mm-hmm. I, I was so scared. Or do you want to say, you know what? I used it to flourish. Yeah. I, 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 was, I was stuck. And so I went I went deep Yeah, and, and I found God and I prayed a lot more than I normally do. And oh, man, there was this one walk I used to do and you described the walk and the trees mm-hmm. and it was so healing. And ever since then, I've just made it a habit to get outside.
0: Yeah, that's remarkable. You are actually starting to talk about really what I wanted to be the last question of our interview. And I know you have to jump off here. You have seven minutes. And then you got to jump to the next thing, and you may want to take a pause in between. Then, so you uh, you're actually speaking right into this. And I wanted the last question that I would ask you to be this, John. Uh, what would you like for your legacy to be? I'm uh, I'm not just talking about with your kids and grandkids, um, because I think I know the answer to that. But as far as you know, on the world stage, I mean, your your books have touched millions of people, and and I was just wondering, what would you like for your legacy to be?
1: Mm. Um <clears throat> uh, lots of people being able to say, I know Jesus mm. because of him. Mm. I know Jesus and and I know Jesus and his his ability to heal my soul. I know Jesus and his power to restore my humanity, mm. like really Jesus, mm. not the religious but like the man who restores my soul. That'd be good. That'd be a good. That's a legacy right there. That'd be a good legacy. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I'm going to actually break my rule. I'm going to ask you one more question because we have time. So here's, here's another question. What, uh what are some books that you're reading right now that you would recommend to the rest of the guys?
1: Well, okay. Because we're in the pandemic, I'm going to recommend like, Playful stuff, light stuff, stuff that brings you joy, right? So the horse and his boy from the Narnia series, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Robert Rourke's book, The Horn of the Hunter. It's an incredible story about an African safari and the wildlife and all of that. I'm reading Tezzy Roosevelt's books on his ranch days, and when he had a ranch in the Badlands of the Dakotas, mm-hmm. uh, I'm reading, I'm reading fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not reading heavy stuff right now because there's just enough heavy, right? <laughs> We're all getting our heavy through the, through the news and, and everything. So I'm, I'm keeping it light.
0: Great advice. Great advice. Well, John, I want to say thank you very much for coming on the show today. you have, Giving us a lot of insight and practical things to uh to jump into and to really to get our life back. No pun intended on the title of the book. I, I believe it. I believe in the message of the book. I'm utilizing it. I'm an advocate. And uh I will probably be the reason why you sell several more books. So <laughs>
1: <clears throat> thank you. Chad. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, let's go help some let's go help some people.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. But again, thank you so much for coming on the show today, John.
1: Yeah, it's been an honor. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the New Kind of Man podcast. You've been given some good manly encouragement, and now it's your turn. If you found today's content helpful, go tell a friend and please leave us a review. Also consider hitting that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now it's time for all of us to do what Theodore Roosevelt said. Create. Act. Get action. Do things. Be sane. Don't fritter away your time. Take a place wherever you are and be somebody. Get action.